The Veterans Report is sponsored by James Cannon. Welcome to the Veterans Report, the region's only show dedicated to those who have served our country. We have the latest news and information on resources available to veterans, including health care, education, employment tips, local volunteer organizations, and more. To those who have served, those who are serving, and to those who will, we salute you. And now, the host of the Veterans Report, Jim Cannon. Hi there, and welcome back to the Veterans Report. Thanks for joining us today. Glad you're tuning in here on 620 AM KHB. You can also catch all the news, all the headlines, all the stuff we talk about on the Veterans Report Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. So we're getting up to speed with Instagram and social media. It's very advanced. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our buddies at WTF Nation Radio. They are rocking it online. They had a great show last night. They had the Green Beret Foundation on. If you're not familiar with the Green Beret Foundation, uh, go check it out because I am not going to do your work for you. But I will tell you, the Green Beret Foundation is doing a lot of good work. And as the name implies, they are tied to uh, families of Green Berets as well as Green Berets themselves. But it's a great show. A lot of good info. Uh, The foundation has an auction coming up. You can check that out online. You can go to... Uh, WTF Nation Radio, uh, there you go to their Facebook page, and uh, they have the link there. I think I, oh, maybe I didn't copy the link. I'll, I'll do that, though, uh, when I have a second. I'll copy the link over and throw it on the Veterans Report Facebook page. So check that out when you have time. Uh, so our guests at the halfway point today, this is going to be awesome. We have a group called Reuniting After War. And uh, like I said, they're coming up to the halfway point. We have uh, the founder. And she's going to bring on one of the guys actually going through uh, her program. They, they, it's a, uh, she puts together reunions for veterans uh, up in northern Minnesota It's a couple, over long weekends. And so Mary will be here. Uh, one of her guests, Jeremiah, will be here. And then we also have with us uh, somebody who went through the program, somebody who, who utilized Mary's organization for a reunion. Uh, you might have heard of him. His name is Clint Romashaw. And he is a, uh, he wrote a book about his experience in Afghanistan, which included receiving the Medal of Honor. So they will all be with us at the halfway point around, I don't know, 5, 5.30. So hang in there, stay tuned. So this was a, there was a lot going on. There's a lot. Oh, so I don't know if you saw this. Uh, there was a story about Nike, right? Nike, the uh, the sportswear, you know, best known for their shoes, but the, the sportswear company. Nike has been accused by the Naval Academy, the U.S. Naval Academy, of uh, basically <laughs> trademark infringement. Um, the marketing component of a collaboration between sports apparel behemoth Nike and L.A.-based apparel line undefeated, recently revealed an intricate logo to accompany the release of the partnership's new line of soccer apparel. It's called the Fives. The Fives soccer line, scheduled to launch exclusively at a pop-up in L.A., I don't don't even know what that means, uh, feature the logo on clothing and jerseys, some of which can be seen in a promotional video released yesterday by Undefeated. 
Um, the release immediately drew the ire of naval personnel and military aficionados everywhere due to its striking resemblance to the Naval Academy's coat of arms. Uh, and the follow-up to that is the Naval Academy actually sent Nike a cease and desist order due to the similarities in the logos. Uh, you can catch it online, but I also put it on the Veterans Report uh, Facebook page. You can see the graphics. They, they are really, really close in similarity. So, um, I don't know. I, Nike needs to step up their game in terms of creativity if they have to, if they have to be that blatant about it. I mean, it was, it, it's, it's almost a carbon copy. So I think in this case, the Naval Academy has a uh, justifiable ire, if you will. So <laughs> that was, yeah, not well planned. You know, there, there seems to be like a, a lot of this lately where you, these apparel companies, they sort of bite uh, the military logos. Um, I had a real issue. Like this is, this is probably off topic. Well, it is off topic, but I had an issue with, when the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, the hockey team, they came out when when they rolled out their logo, I thought, man, that that's really <laughs> that's similar to the Golden Knights. That's similar to uh, there was was it the Colorado, I think, that also had a, a Golden Knights team, <clears throat> and I, I know that went back and forth for a little bit, and then it just sort of died off. So I don't, I, you just be creative, right? I don't know. You'd think people at Nike get paid enough to come up with something, you know, pretty slick, and they turn around and they stole the Naval Academy logo. That's just ridiculous. Of course, I don't know. Maybe the maybe the Naval Academy could work out a deal and license it to them, right? And then, uh, I don't know, get some kind of residual payment. Or maybe they already are doing that. I don't, I don't know. Hmm. Oh, speaking of clothing, speaking of apparel, and speaking of things that are awful, how many of you in the last, oh, I guess, what, 10, what is this, 2018, 10 to 12 years, 10 to 15 years? I mean, they've been around for a long time. I'll just say ever. Uh, how many of you had a pair of Welco boots? Welco boots, right? I think I had my my last issue of I think it was the black ones the black leather were Welco's they were really comfortable really nice uh to my feet they were very again very comfortable they were soft I didn't mind wearing those things for days on end um so yeah uh Welco back in March well let me read you the story five executives with Welco have been sentenced in the made in USA scheme five five executives uh, have been sentenced on federal fraud and smuggling charges. For nearly four years, these executives guided the sale of more than $8 million of China-made boots to the U.S. military, claiming the footwear was made at the company's Morristown, I think that was in Tennessee, Morristown-based facility. The executives were the management team of Welco Enterprises, a one-time leading manufacturer of boots for the U.S. military. So basically, let me scroll down here to the details. So they were, uh, I think they were caught. They were actually convicted back in March. But the background info is this. The six defendants were charged in an 11-count indictment, including... 
some weird thing going on here, uh, <laughs> including conspiracy to commit wire fraud, eight counts of wire fraud, major fraud against the United States, and smuggling. Oh, Waynesville, North Carolina. Founded in Waynesville, North Carolina. Uh, da, 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 da. They were a supplier of military and other footwear, to the mil- um, including combat boots for the U.S. Armed Forces. According to the indictment from 2006 through 2012, DOD paid Welco more than $138 million for military footwear. In May of 07, two investment firms acquired Welco in a $22 million deal and made it a subsidiary of Tactical Holdings Operations. Two years later, the company opened a 100,000-square-foot facility in Morristown and relocated its headquarters from Waynesville, North Carolina to Knoxville, Tennessee. Ah, so I still know how to read. Morristown, Tennessee. According to prosecutors, Vincent Ferguson was president, CEO, and director at Welco from March 06 through November 12, uh, <laughs> 12 through November 2012, and after the acquisition became the CEO of Tactical Holdings. Prior to his appointment, uh, he served with, okay. So basically, oh, so here's the, here's the juicy part. <clears throat> the plan at Welco was to develop commercial channels for sale of the company's footwear and to aggressively pursue sales to the U.S. government. However, prosecutors claim Ferguson and the other defendants conspired to import military-style boots from China and other foreign countries, then marketing and selling the boots to the U.S. government, government contractors, and the public as being made, quote, this is in quotes, made in the USA. According to court records, from December of 2008 to August of 2012, the defendants marketed and sold more than $8 million in boots, falsely advertised as being made in the USA. More specifically, the boot uppers and insoles were manufactured in China, and the soles were affixed at Welco's Morristown facility. (laughs) Prosecutors claim the defendants required the Chinese plant to include the American flag and or USA on the labels of certain boot uppers and to omit any reference to the actual country of origin. The defendants did so in order to be compliant with certain domestic content preference laws, including the Trade Agreements Act and the Berry Amendment, B-E-R-R-Y Amendment. After two shipments of these deceptively marked boots were detained and seized by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security's Customs and Border Protection, the conspirators ordered the Chinese facility, see, I could say conspirators, but I can't say facility, to stitch tearaway made-in-China labels in Welco boot uppers. After importation, the conspirators instructed Welco factory workers in Morristown to tear out the made-in-China tags prior to shipping the boots to government and commercial purchasers. In July of 2014, Welco filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and one month later, a majority of the company's assets was purchased by Original Footwear Holdings. So, basically, they did what everybody who has a government contract would like to be able to get away with. Right? Get things produced at a tenth the cost that it would take you in the U.S., rip the little tags off, sew on the American flag, wham, bam, made in the USA. Uh, That's a problem because if you have a government contract, uh, one of the stipulations in, I think, most of them, at least with military gear, um, I know there are exceptions, but generally speaking with military gear, the product has to be made 
uh, assembled, made uh, in the United States. Now, you can source materials from outside the country. So if Welco had wanted to source uh, whatever, the rubber for the soles and source the laces, um, you know, the, the rubber from China and the laces from Thailand and the, the eyelets for the laces from uh, wherever, you know, Somalia, or, they could bring that all to the U.S. and assemble the boots here and still be in compliance with the contract. But they chose to cheat. They chose to cheat. And now there are some folks who are in trouble. So uh, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, smuggling goods to the United States, smuggling, smuggling, uh, aiding and abetting the altering of country of origin marks. Uh, Martland, one of the guys, Martland was sentenced to six months probation. Four other defendants were sentenced. Uh, Ferguson, six months in prison. Kerry Ferguson to six months in prison. And Streeter, where is Streeter? Neil Streeter, who was the former vice president of government contracting, Five years probation. And who's this? Camerer. I don't know who Camerer is, but whoever Camerer is, uh, is getting five years probation. Vincent Ferguson, the father of Matthew Carey and Stephanie, will be sentenced later this year. So they basically screwed up their lives because they were trying to go on the cheap with boots, which, again, is a shame. I mean, I know a lot of the boots that we got in the military were, were crap. Um, I liked my Welco boots, though. I thought they were, I don't know, I thought they were comfy. I never, I guess I never paid attention to the whole, mm, I don't know, the made in the USA part of it. Of course, this was back, <laughs> this is back many moons ago. So maybe that was before they started cheating. Ah, so there you go. The moral of the story is uh, do things right. Period. There, there's the moral. I don't know. It's it's kind of a, it's it's annoying uh, as a taxpayer to know that these folks were getting over. But at the end of the day, I mean, from a taxpayer standpoint, they were getting paid the same amount of money regardless, right? So I don't know. That's too bad. It's too bad that people look at uh, they get to a point where they want to cut corners like that. Like that's the golden goose, right? If you're if you're a I don't know, you're a uh, they, there were like four family members running this business. Right? There's the golden goose. You have a government contract. You're one of the premier boot manufacturers for the military, the U.S. military. And what do you do? You wake up one day and go, oh, you know what? You know, we could save, whatever, make up a number, 32% or, you know, 42% or 10%. Uh, all we have to do is cut off the made in China tags and, ah, dumb, just dumb. How many of us would love to have the opportunity to run a company like that, right? Again, the products weren't bad. I think I still have a pair of those somewhere buried in a closet. Mm, dumb. So what else happened this week? Ah, Donald Trump and the Korea thing, right? The Korea thing. It's going to be the biggest. So uh, one of the things that Trump, I'm not going to cover the whole thing because it's getting pummeled in uh, the media out there. One of the key points agreed to by uh, President Trump and North Korean leader Lil' Kim uh, is to help repatriate the remains of Americans killed in action during the Korean War. Now, the other day, which, uh, you know, it's it, that's a big deal. That is. I, I don't know why they've, I don't know why it's been so long, but it's that's a big deal. 
Uh, wasn't Clearly, it wasn't the focus of the summit, but Korean War vets and their families were hoping the issue would come up. Uh, according to, where are we? I have a quote here from VFW National Commander Keith Harmon. All of our members have served in combat, and we understand the importance uh, of bringing our war dead home to bring closure to families. 35,000 Americans died on the Korean Peninsula <clears throat> excuse me, between 1950 and 1953, and 7,700 are still listed as unaccounted for. The VFW estimates that as many as 5,300 sets of remains are in North Korea. Uh, so now between 1990 and 2005, a repatriation agreement allowed 229 sets of remains <clears throat> to come home to American families. The VFW sent a letter on June 6th to Trump to urge him to make the issue part of the negotiation. Pretty sure he was a heady on that one, but uh, anyway. So they agreed to it. North Korea said they'll, they'll do it. Uh, I know as of the other day, uh, Trump had made a statement that <clears throat> first it was they're already sending remains back to the U.S. And then uh, naturally all the media outlets pounced on it and, you know, uh, said, well, we want proof. There was no proof, and then I think I think there was a revised statement. If I'm if I'm erring on this, uh, I apologize, but I think there was a revised statement that came out that said uh, they're not already coming back, but they're they're on their way or something like that. Bottom line is they agreed to this, and uh, we have to. It's going to take time. It's going to take patience, along with all of the other components of the summit to see if North Korea actually decides to uphold their end of the bargain. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like little Kim has a good track record, right? You know, we've been down this road before. It's not our first rodeo. So we'll see what happens, but, um, it, it would be great again for all of the families involved, all the relatives, <clears throat> you know, and even some of the, there are still some older guys out there who served in Korea. You know, it'd be good for them too. Right be a good way to honor them. I mean, we're losing World War II vets at a at a, a blinding clip now. I mean, they're getting up there, right, in their 90s. And so Korea is pretty much, uh, that's going to be the next, sort of the next uh, generation, the next level of, you know, uh, hardcore war vets from, from back in the day. So this would be a nice, nice means of closure, nice uh, bow on their, on their life. So... Again, we gotta. It's it's gonna take time. So, uh, real quick, if you are in Pennsylvania, and I brought this up, oh, long time ago, uh, if you're in PA, the the Pennsylvania Department of Military and Veterans Affairs, in partnership with the Women Veterans Committee of the Governor's Advisory Council of Veterans Services, which is wow, that's a really that's a mouthful. Uh, the Women's Veterans Survey that they jointly issued ends Monday, June 18th at midnight. And so what they're asking, there's a link on the uh, Pennsylvania Department of Military and Veterans Affairs. Well, I, I, you know what? I, let me back out of my first statement. You don't even have to live in Pennsylvania. If you, uh, if you are a Pennsylvania person uh, and you're retired in another state or you're serving in another state or you served here and now you live in another state, go to the Pennsylvania... Um, where am I? Pennsylvania Department of Military and Veterans Affairs website and check out the survey. Because what they're what they're looking for information on pencil women, uh, God, Pennsylvania women veterans 
and they're looking basically for demographic info. And they're trying to put together this comprehensive study that's going to help them. They have approximately, uh, where'd they lay this thing out? Pennsylvania's approximately 60,000 women vets. So it's, I mean, that's a lot of data. That's a lot of info. And they're also projecting that the number of women veterans will increase nationally, right? Will increase from about 10% to more than 16% of all living veterans in the next 20 years. Well, that's a big, big uptick, right? So Pennsylvania is trying to get their own data in order. And then they're going to eventually, I think the plan is for all these, for all states to do something like this and then try to stack it up uh, against the national data that's been compiled. And then at some point have a comprehensive sort of landscape of women vets in the U.S. So it, it is important. This isn't some kind of weird, um, fluffy, whatever, you know, justification for, for increased grant money from the feds. I mean, this is, this is something legitimate and it is something that's necessary. So again, if you're, if you're a Pennsylvania native, uh, who's, you know, who served in the military and you happen to be a woman, check it out, take the survey. And uh, this is your chance to provide some really useful data to the state. So oh, there was one other thing. What was it? Oh, so real. I'm going to run through this in 10 seconds. Well, maybe not. So uh, I don't know if you saw the VA hospital with the, <laughs> or was it pride flag replaces military flags at Indiana VA hospital. So I'm not going to wade through that one, but Suffice to say, it, it didn't go over well with most vets. Another story, which I found humorous, in Tampa. Where are we? Uh, da, 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 da. People are known from time to time to misspell cavalry, the army on horseback, as Calvary, where Jesus was crucified. But you don't usually see it chiseled wrong in metal. That's why people were surprised to spot the mistake on a new... Civil War Monument at the Hillsborough County Veterans Memorial Park and Museum. Oh, Florida, you never fail to disappoint. The offending plaque is now covered by a sheet of white paper awaiting replacement. The monument honors soldiers, obviously not spelling teachers, from Hillsborough County who fought on both sides of the Civil War. Here's a quote. You ready? I don't care what you build, mistakes will be made, said Dave Braun, who helped spearhead the Civil War Memorial. We've been doing this a long time, and believe me, mistakes have been made. Most of the time, we catch them before they go to print, so to say. Okay. Well, Dave, uh, the replacement cost is $1,600. will probably be borne by the nonprofit Veterans Memorial Park and Museum Committee, which partners with the county to operate the park, said the chairman of the park and museum. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that amazes me. It amazes me that nobody, the people who were doing that, who were who were etching the metal or chiseling the metal, didn't bother proofreading it. I don't know. I guess if you are a metal worker, you are a metal worker because you are not a grammarian. <laughs> it's the same reason... I don't know. It's the same reason auto mechanics don't do brain surgery and cardiac surgeons. I, I don't call a I don't call a heart doctor to come and fix my sink when it's leaking, because he'd be just as clueless as me. So, oh man, cavalry, cavalry, you know, tomato, tomato.
Uh, in other news, VA hospitals around the country have more than 3,000 unwanted jobs. Thousands of jobs at the Department of Veterans Affairs hospitals across the country remain vacant because VA leaders contend they can't find qualified candidates who want them. An agency report released Thursday revealed. Directors for 140 VA hospitals reported a total of 3,068 staff vacancies that they are struggling to fill because of a severe shortage of candidates, according to an annual VA Office of Inspector General report on staffing problems. So uh, they are they're having a tough time finding qualified candidates along with, uh, where are we here, undesirable hours and inflexible schedules that were listed as the other challenges. High turnover was a problem for about half the hospitals. One facility stated that when a position had high turnover, it resulted in significant overtime, which resulted in even more turnover. So the VA is doing a bang-up job, as usual. Um, <laughs> they, they just need some high-level changes for the whole system. They really do. So, but, but uh, you know, if you're looking for a job, check out the VA, because apparently they have a lot of slots open. I did see one a couple of months ago, though, uh, here in Pittsburgh. They were paying about 70 grand. I'm not making this up. For an interior decorator. Think about that. I definitely chose the wrong path in life. <laughs> interior decorator at a VA hospital. I, I've been to them. There's not a whole lot to look at. Uh, pretty stark walls. So, yeah. Anyway, so check out the VA if you're looking for a new gig. Uh, oh, and one other thing real quick. There is a new poll up on the Facebook page, and it has to do with uh, the story I mentioned about Welco Boots. Basically, the, the poll asks, um, <clears throat> is it important to you if a product, as long as it's well-made, right, top quality, is it important to you that it's made in the U.S., or do you not care about its country of origin? So check that out on the Facebook page. Take a minute. Take the poll. Uh, the last poll we had... Let me run through that real quick because I had the results. So, uh, so the last poll was from Trump's visit uh, with Little Kim where he made a concession to temporarily halt military exercises in South Korea. That was something Little Kim asked for, right? Uh, so the poll question was, in relation to that concession, do you agree with Trump conceding that? 88% of you said yes. Only 12% of you saying nope, bad move. So we appreciate everybody taking the time to take the poll and giving us your opinion and input. Um, the polls are, are important because it helps give us a little bit of direction and insight. So again, there's another one up on the Facebook page. When you have a couple of minutes, jump in there. And speaking of a couple of minutes, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have our guests with us uh, from Reuniting After War. Uh, so hang in there. If you want to keep up with the latest in veteran news away from the radio, stop by our website at www.theveteransreport.com. There you'll find news headlines along with links to media outlets around the world. You can also find links to every state's veteran services office. And for you film buffs, there's even a link to a war movie database. We appreciate you stopping by the Facebook page 
at facebook.com slash the veterans report there like the website you'll find the latest news and information related to veterans for you high speed individuals who want to limit yourself to 140 characters stop by our twitter account it's a great way to find information on veteran organizations throughout the country and what they're up to you can tweet us by using at the vets report if you'd like to email the show directly please send us your input comments or suggestions to editor at theveteransreport.com. Thanks again for checking out our pages. Thanks for listening. And thank you for supporting our veterans community. And welcome back to the Veterans Report. We appreciate you hanging in there. Uh, as promised, we have with us our guests today from Reuniting After War. We have Mary Henry, who is the founder. We have uh, Clint Romashaw and Jeremiah Ridgway. How are you all doing? Not bad. Thanks I'm good. Doing good, Jim. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, again, th- thanks to everybody for jumping on today. I know it's a busy day, especially on... Uh, not, not to diminish your day, Clint, but uh, especially for, for Mary and Jeremiah, you guys have a full weekend going on. So, uh, again, I appreciate it. Um, so, so, Mary, if you could, now you, you, are the, you are the founder of Reuniting After War. If you could get, briefly walk through sort of what the genesis of the group was, what its mission is, what do you guys do there? Um, well, the idea came when I actually, Clint uh, invited me to his ceremony at the White House, and I saw about him with about 30 of his guys that he served with and the the way they were together i just thought oh that'd be cool to do this so we just get uh, combat veterans together for a four-day weekend thursday through sunday that um most of them haven't seen each other for 10 to 12 years and we get them here and they can pretty much do whatever they want this weekend they've been golfing and they went some fishing and swimming and just been having a great time Oh, that's fantastic. So, so Clint, I mean, you were sort of integral in this whole thing, right? It was, yeah, with the, the White House ceremony receiving the medal. Um, you know, I kept in touch with a lot of the guys I served with. And, you know, it's one of those things, you go overseas and you shoot, you're sleeping next to these guys for 12 months straight. You know what their feet always smell like. And, <laughs> I mean, you're just so close. And then you kind of get back and you transition and everybody goes their separate ways. And, you know, we used to always talk, hey, let's, we got to link up for a couple of days one of these years, you know, and it just one year passed by, two years passed by. Next thing you know, it was 
finally getting everybody together after almost four years, and it took a, you know, receiving the medal at the, the White House to do it. And it's such a, I mean, there's so many organizations out there, uh, you know, that kind of help out veterans to get through issues, problems, but there's nothing better than just the guys you've been with that went through some pretty traumatic things that know what you feel without even saying the word. And it's that soldiers helping soldiers, what Mary's really capitalized on. No, absolutely. And it's not even, it's not even so much talking it out. It's just being around those people. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, and Clint, and I'll, I'll get to you in a second, Jeremiah, I'm, I'm leaving you hanging, but I'll get to you. Uh, so, so, so Clint, how long was it? You said it was about four years before everybody was kind of back in the, the same spot. Yeah, we had about a, yeah, the, when we met for the, the White House ceremony, it was about four years since kind of the, the core group of those guys that were on, were on that 2009 deployment got back together. Um, and then we were the, I guess, inaugural um, test run for Mary Henry. And, of course, we put her motherly skills to the test when we got there for our weekend up at Greasy <laughs> Point, Minnesota, with reuniting after war. Um, you know, that would have been another, shoot, almost, what was it, three years, Mary, after the, the White House ceremony? 2016, we did it. Yeah, yeah. So it was another. We did your reunion. Year gap. Yeah, we had 23 guys at your reunion. 23. That's, yeah. Wow. This weekend we have 36. Wow, it's gross. So, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you have. I mentioned this at the beginning. You guys are busy because you actually have a reunion going on for 371 Cav. Uh, right. And Jeremiah, you're there now, right? And you, and you're a you're a participant. Yeah, I, I'm, I am actually just floored. I don't even know where to start and how many times that I've thanked Mary, but, I mean, I'm seeing faces that, you know, I'll, I'll never forget and able to see them 10 years after, this is after, you know, leaving the military and, you know, Afghanistan, and it's, it's surreal. Really, it is. So the hard work of uh, Mary and uh, Mr. Romache and, all the fundraising and all the donors, it just bought this incredibly tight-knit family that is just scattered across the U.S. And, you know, we're here. Uh, God, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really it's really something special. How? So I just can't thank Mary enough. And, and, and Clint already experienced this, but Jeremiah, how long has it been since you've been together with all those guys? Uh, I would say 10 years. So I left uh, July 2008. Um, from Fort Drum, and that's the last time that I saw the majority, actually 99% of the guys, a few of them you know, I ran into in California, a few other spots. Uh, but, yeah, I would say 10-plus years, and then I show up, and, you know, the anxiety that I had actually just getting off the plane, and, God, I haven't seen these guys. What am I going to say? And it was just it was just like uh, yesterday. So now, so now, Clint, that was a little bit different from what you went through, right? Because you had already you'd seen some of those guys in in the interim before you got up there, right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, with yeah, like Jeremiah was saying, with kind of your travels, you'll see your guys kind of onesies and twosies, but the, I mean, you'd get them all together again is, you know, just a a, a logistical challenge in and of itself. So it's always always for an individual to try and do that is just pretty tough. So when Mary stepped in with reuniting after war and all the, you know, the fundraising that's gone on because it's not cheap to get those guys there. You know, that's the other key thing Mary really addressed was, and I'm sorry, we're talking about you, Mary. Like you're that's okay. here on this <laughs> phone call, but, yes, but you know, it's 
kind of getting away from those excuses because we'd talk about, hey, let's get together. Well, I can't afford it. I can't, you know, I can't take time off work for that long, or I can't buy a plane ticket right now. And with everyone that stepped in and their donations and everything that Mary's done to, to just basically tell these guys, here's your plane ticket. You get on this plane, you show up here, there's going to be transportation. Everything's going to be taken care of. Um, really helps tremendously to, to just get these guys and gals reunited after years and years and years. Well, now that's uh, – and thanks for touching on that because I want to – Mary, I want to ask you uh, – and this is sort of your chance to step up and shine. I know I know you don't – that's probably not who you are, but this is the chance to do it because uh, people might not know how much work actually goes into this. What is your role in all of this? I mean, are you are you out there calling and emailing and, and putting all this stuff together um, and then these guys basically just show up or are there, there are other people involved? How does this work? Well, we have a small board. Um, we have four people on our board, but it's mostly me, and and I do have a full time job besides this. So it's we um, Jeremiah's and I started planning this one about nine months ago. But so by the time we decided that he was going to have his reunion, it was raising money for it. Once I know who wants to come for the next reunion, we just put that out there, and we have a pretty big fundraiser in April, and we on the pavement for donations. The average cost for each guy to come is about $1,400. We cover the lodging, the food, and the travel for them. So um, it, it, it's like a full-time job, but it's like a labor of love. It, it feels like, like I can't wait to come home from work and look into how we're going to get these guys here. Oh, that's, that's a tremendous amount of effort. Um, have I lost you guys? Nope. nope I'm oh, okay, cool. I, I can't. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? Oh, you know why? It's it's on my end. Sorry about that. Um, you'd think an old Camo guy would know how to use a set of headphones. So, uh, no, and that's, so $1,400 per, per person, and you're you're saying that that's all-inclusive, right? All, basically, these guys just, boom, they just show up. They show up. They just show up. I mean, the only thing we don't provide is um, money for their alcohol and bail money. <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> is it, Mary? Is it? Um, <laughs> I, I only guess, because those are really two really unknown costs. You say you'll we find out have, we haven't addressed you. the bill money yet, but um, really, they don't have to spend any money once they get here. So uh, now, now, Clint, at the outset, obviously, you were, you said you were sort of the test run for this thing. Um, how did that work? I mean, was it was it uh, for, from your standpoint? Was this kind of a smooth thing, or was it just sort of a real informal? Hey, let's just hang out. Well, the, the the mentality, the mindset was, you know, I've been exposed to a lot of nonprofits, and that's what's really amazing about reuniting after wars. The money that goes into it goes directly to the guys. Uh, like Mary said, there's only a staff of four, uh, and they're not on a salary. They all still have nine-to-five jobs. And with us, it was the, the mentality of we just want to get together and hang out. There shouldn't be any agenda. No one should have to worry about making formations or, you know, like you used to do in the military, be here precisely at this time for roll call or head count or just know, get together with the guys, hang out. We've got activities set up throughout the day. If you want to participate, if you don't, there's no press, there's no push to it. And it, and just kind of that uh, framing of it really allowed things to run pretty smooth for, uh, for our guys when we went through uh, our first reunion. You know, if some guys wanted to go hang out and play golf all day, that's what they did. They wanted to jump on the pontoon boats and try and sink one. That's what they did. Um, 
<laughs> it was just a, a, we have a, a lot really of guys that never leave the fire. I mean, they just sit there and talk at the fire. Uh, is that right? Yeah. We have a lot of guys that really don't want to do anything but sit around and chit-chat. So that's what they do. Yes. Just BS all day long with guys you haven't got to BS for for years. Oh, that's really right. cool. So, so Jeremiah, how's your, how's your weekend gone so far? Oh, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, Mary and, like I said, this this opportunity actually gave an Arizona kid a chance to go fishing for the first time, and I actually ended up catching something. So uh, <laughs> I didn't think I would ever be on you know a fishing trip. Uh, of course, it was all guided. Reels, I think it was a couple people that actually bought their own equipment. But yeah, just sitting out there yesterday, uh, you know, hanging out with everybody. Um, a little bit of like the camera guy, so I got to take photos of the catch, etc. And but yeah, I never thought I would, you know, uh, be on a trip like this, let alone you know a little chartered little fishing excursion. So uh, great, absolutely wonderful. That's really cool. I mean, so with you know, a lot of times when when guys do these sort of guy weekends. Uh, you, you get exhausted because you're trying to do too much. But it sounds like this is just well, you know what I mean. This is uh, and I well, uh, but this sounds just the opposite. Right? It sounds like everybody's sort of relaxed. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, that's the, the livers the, don't seem relaxed, yeah, but everything every else seems pretty relaxed. What, what, <laughs> what were you saying, Jeremiah? Oh, just just everybody right now. Everybody's pretty much just sitting on either a beach or you know uh, hanging outside and just mingling. So. You know, like you said, going back to no agenda, just relaxing and recharging your batteries, yet connecting with great people. You know. So, Mary, you you said at one point that you sort of take the role as mom. So, what what does that entail? Um. Well, for example, today when the sun came out and they're all standing on the dock, I ran out some sunscreen on for, <laughs> because they were going to get sunburned. <laughs> um, really, it's just making sure that they're all eating, drinking enough water. I We set up dinner, lunch, breakfast, and they can eat it whenever they want. But um, just generalize on all of them. But we, we stay uninvolved as we possibly can while we're here. Just we let that we stay in a different cabin, and the guys are all in their own house. And if they want something, they know where to find us. But we pretty much leave them alone once they get here. So, is this like a, a just so I understand and can frame it in my mind? Is this like a campground, or is it your property, or or what is this? No, we are at a resort right now. It's a fairly small resort. It's on Lake Malax in northern northern Minnesota. But the guys that they we have a big. Um, 16-bedroom house that they're staying at, which is just right outside the resort. But so, we, mean, so, we do, so we do rent space for, for this, these events. Our there, goal someday would be to have our own piece of land with, you know, uh, a building on it, a couple of buildings. But right now, this is the best we can do. So are, so there are other people there, right? Not, not associated with... Yes, there are. There's actually going to be a wedding in a couple of hours that... I'm a little worried about. But. Uh, I was going to say, does, does that wedding know that they're about to have some guests? <laughs> I, I, I did warn the management warned, of the yeah. resort. But, um, people have really loved to have us here. Um, we went to a different resort a couple of times before, and they they do love to have these guys here. And they don't bother them either. They're, they're very forgiving. <laughs> yeah, which side? Yeah. Which side? <laughs> Both. Yeah. Uh-huh. Both You'd have to be. Both sides, yeah. So, so yeah. Clint, I want to ask you something. Um, 
you know, reunions can take place anywhere, right? And guys have been doing it for uh, 200, 300 years, right? And they, you could you could meet in Vegas, you could go on a cruise, you could meet at some, you know, weird random bar somewhere. But was there, for you personally, was there something different about being in that setting? Maybe something you couldn't, I don't know, you couldn't experience or feel if you'd all gotten together in one of those other places? You know, for, for me, it was more about just getting the guys together. Uh, the location really didn't matter. Um, but it was nice to have kind of our own little, little space when we did it, uh, up at breezy point, Minnesota, we had our own little slice of the pie. We kind of took over a, a little portion of that resort area. So it was, it was nice to have kind of the seclusion to yourself. Um, but ultimately it boiled down to anywhere, anytime would have been great. That's fair. That's fair. What about you, Jeremiah? What, I mean, is there, is there, do you get any kind of a sense of, I guess it being completely different than a conventional setting or is this just sort of, or is it kind of what Clint said, which it's about the people? Well, of course it's about the people, but I think in a situation and I can just speak, you know, I'm living it right now. And for me personally, yes, you have all your buddies here, your battle buddies, but mainly with this event for me, what I'm kind of rational or uh, kind of seeing right now is actually time. It's, it's time and emotion. So if you have everybody here, and, you know, uh, Clint could probably attest to this, but whenever you get everybody here, everybody's freaking out, everybody's on, you know, uh, you know uh, max speed. And then just kind of over the couple of days, it's not exhaustion from having fun. It's just everything just kind of uh, becomes a little more normal. You know, you haven't seen these guys in forever. So it's the time, and you're like, okay, cool. I'm actually going to be able to hang out with my buddy for, you know, not just an evening, but another day, you know, four days with somebody and being able to catch up and see old faces is incredible. So it's just really the timing that are the time you get and uh, kind of unwinds all the anxiety and the uh, emotion, uh, emotions to kind of tied with seeing each other. Do you do you think? I mean, have you guys talked about it, or is anybody teed it up or thinking about maybe doing another one of these in a couple of years? Are you, are you talking about for three seven one? Yeah, yep. That's all we. That's all we hear about. I, I just hope Mary <laughs> wants us back after after this weekend. But I guess we're pretty good. Uh, we haven't broke anything, or at least not too many things. Um, but yeah, it would just be incredible to see everybody here, and especially the volume. And we had you know eleven Bravos with us, but mainly with our unit, just it's, uh, it's a lot of people here, like almost 40 people that are at this event. So um, it's just great seeing everybody and just catching up and just having a normal conversation with you know, old buddies who went through so much. With. So, so Clint, what about you? Have you guys talked about, or, or maybe you've already done it, uh, having a follow-up? Yeah, we've got plans in the works. Uh, we were looking to kind of establish ours on maybe a five-year rotation um, is kind of our initial idea. We, you know, we'd always love to get together every year, but you know, for Mary, I don't think uh, she's got enough mom in her to handle the <laughs> three, six, one guys every year. So we got to give her a little power down break in time too. So <laughs> let her reset. One, one thing we've really noticed with reunions though is once these happen the guys take more initiative to do some things on their own too, not as a, in a, a large group capacity, but I already, one guy already told me from this one that him and two of his buddies are going to meet such and such place 
because they sat down and talked about it last night, and they've already got that in the works for next year. So it it reconnects them enough that they can do some of this on their own as well. Well, hey, anything that's you know spurns that on is is uh, is helpful, right? So, right. Um, so, so Mary, in terms of the funding for everything you do, um, what is it you do to raise money, and what is it that you would need help with down the road? Because we've got. Uh, you know the community, as I mentioned, we have our our uh, our friends with, with uh, WTF Nation Radio, and I've noticed that that community tends to jump um, right away when there's an issue in terms of funding or fundraising. So, what is it that you you do now, and what is it that you need down the road? Well, we do not have our next reunion planned yet. We would love to do a small one in the fall, and then we do the bigger ones in June. But um, we always just honestly need money. And people can donate at reunitingafterward.org. There's a donate button on there, or they can contact me, and I can tell them how to donate in other ways. Um, just raise awareness of what we're doing. You know, we're, we're only three years into this, so we're new, and there's a lot of competition out there. But I think we're very unique in what we do. But what, I mean, what is it that you, that you do to bring the money in? Um, beg mostly. Um, <laughs> we do a lot, That's lot of that, technical. and we just have. Right now, we have two fundraisers a year. We have a dodgeball tournament, which is really a small um, fundraiser, but it's a lot of fun. And then we do a big dinner in April. That um, Clint was our first keynote speaker for the first one we had, and and just some random donations throughout the year to fund. On them, but we're we're we don't we're not a savings account. When we have money, we spend it for another reunion. But you are incorporated, right? As a nonprofit. Yes. Okay. We, we are. You're a five hundred one c three. Yeah. Okay. So if, if I mean, people can just flat out donate. Then, right? Is that that's the sort of the? Absolutely. I mean, I, I would like to say we could use more help or whatever, but it's really it's really about money. That's that's what we need. Unless people have better ideas of how we can do it, but it, they're just really expensive to do. We've had, um, you can, you can sponsor, sponsor a veteran and, and just do like a flat out $1,400 donation. Then, then you've paid for one guy's weekend, huh. but, but we take, we take any kind of donations. I mean, $10 helps like whatever people can give, it just helps. So would there be, uh, theoretically, would there be some kind of a limit on the number of people who could roll into one of these? Uh, 40 is about 40 is kind of max only because they get hard to handle. I, I would think if someday we had our own piece of land, we could do, do them bigger, but to get them all in one, there's only so many places that you can rent that can get them all in one spot. And that, that would be the holdup of doing them. But, um, as far as if we would love to do one every two weeks, every other week, we would love it, but it's just the, to do a, bigger than a group of 40 would be kind of hard right now. Oh, I bet. So, Jeremiah, what uh, what's the food like? Uh, look to here. Uh, Mary, I don't know. There was a lot of prepping of food. There was a lot of... Uh, last night, I've never heard so many people rant and rave about how delicious the food was. Uh, <laughs> you know, not like home cooking. Uh, there's, there's plenty of food to go around. Um, so... Uh, Mary just kind of added the motherly touch and constantly just take care of us. And yes, she's really promoting the drinking water and uh, keeping us in tune. But yeah, great food, uh, 
once again just seeing uh, seeing all the buddies, you know. She's she's staring at you right now, isn't she? Uh, no, no, I left the room. We're not together anymore. <laughs> I'm not taking thank you from me. Like, I, I keep thanking her. She's like, just, just stop. Just stop. Um, so I just, I love like being able to actually, uh, you know, interacting with Mary. Just fun, fun, fun every time. And she will, uh, she definitely took, uh, took great care of us out here. So, so Clint, you said that you've dealt with a, non, a lot of nonprofits, and you know, for obvious reasons, this one's different, but. Because uh, you had you had a personal connection to this, which I'm assuming you don't have with most, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I've been exposed to uh, a lot of nonprofits, a lot of different ones I do support. But like I said, reuniting after war is one that I have seen that is, like Mary said, it's, I haven't came across another nonprofit like it. Uh, like I said, that low impact, no agenda, just getting the guys, getting the gals back together that haven't seen each other years and years. That. I mean, is just so therapeutic on a level because, I mean, there's, there's organizations out there that are looking, you know, to do experimental treatment with hyperbaric chambers or they're looking to uh, pair guys up with, with service animals to help relieve stress. And, but I'd never came across one, and as me and Mary were kind of brainstorming this idea, it's like, you know, I've just never seen anybody that says, let's get this core group of guys and gals together. Let's, this unit that's been you know, overseas that is, you know, spent day in and day out for 12 months straight sometimes. Let's just get them back, give them the, the tools and facilities to sit there and do whatever they want with the time we give them. And, I mean, just the, the healing process, and I think the the real eye-opener was the, one, of the, one of our guys coined the term, you know, making memories that don't suck. And that's what happens every time these reunions happen. You You've had a lot of bad memories of overseas times with the guys, but when you get back together and you're away from that environment and you're there talking to the guys that were right there when something happened, it's not really about the words you're saying. It's just about the moments that you're in and the nonverbal communication that you know you've got someone right next to you that you haven't seen in years but absolutely knows what you're thinking and what you're feeling. And you get done and you walk away and you, you just have such a great memory that then kind of overpowers all those kind of negative things that guys might be dealing with or creeping up on them. And, and that's the key is just really making good memories to help stay that positive mindset instead of letting those negative ones just keep dragging you down. Man, that's really well put. Um, that's, a, that's a great endorsement for this. Have you, had, have you had people in your life ask you about this experience, or is it just sort of one of those things that they went, oh, he, he went away for a couple of days? I've, uh, you know, I get a lot of opportunities to talk to a, a lot of veterans around the, the country, and that's one thing I tell them. And I, I keep hearing the guy saying, you know, I really missed, you know, back in 2012 when I was with this platoon of guys, and I really wish it was this, you know, instead of what I'm going through today. And But it always gravitates back to those core group of guys that you just spent day in and day out with. And it's like, well, in fact, there is an organization out there. It's reuniting after war and making fill that role that you are having a need for, that you have a desire for. So go out and spread the word and let people know that there is a nonprofit that is doing truly amazing things. Let's just keep getting the awareness up for everybody. So we got about, uh, we got about two minutes left. Um, <clears throat> so Jeremiah, what do you have on tap tonight? Uh, on tap, let's see here. Not, uh, not literally on tap. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming that's taking care of. Crashing a wedding. Been there yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> 
you got places to be. Uh, but yeah, just hang out with the guys. Uh, last night, uh, last night was the first time that everybody was truly around. We all ate dinner together, uh, and uh, had a really great uh, emotional toast. Like we got to actually uh, toast to um, our buddies that weren't at the reunion with us um, from the deployment. So that was a really touching moment for I think everybody, uh, and everybody was together. And it was great. So I think we're going to do. Uh, Offies that uh, get everybody together around the table. We're all going to eat. We're all going to drink. We're going to have fun. We're going to be safe. And, um, and once again, uh, I'm going to say thank you on air to Mary because she killed me. Uh, but, you know, thank you so much, Mary, for the, the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And everybody everybody keeps saying thank you as well. So. Oh, that's awesome. And the, uh, it won't be in the doghouse as well. <laughs> you don't want to be in the doghouse with Mary. Uh, no, I don't. No, no. She, it's she, not she, a bad she, place to be. The, the, uh, she, she gives a little bit of tough love, and she's incredible to, to be around. So, uh, just an outstanding opportunity. Well, again, um, what, what a what a fantastic organization, and and Clint and Jeremiah, you guys both gave yeah. uh, wonderful uh, endorsements for everything that Mary's doing. And Mary, I can't thank you enough. This okay. is such a creative approach to it. Oh, we we sometimes argue that we might enjoy it more than the veterans. We have fun doing it. So what's, we really do. So give me the website again, real quick reunitingafterwar.org Fantastic. We're going to send everybody there. Uh, Mary Henry, founder of Reuniting After War, Jeremiah Ridgway, uh, who is experiencing his reunion this weekend with uh, 371 Cav, and <laughs> Clint Romache, uh, veteran and uh, one, one of the, the OGs at the reunions. Clint, thanks a lot. Oh, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Thank everybody. You, thanks. And that does it for this episode of the Veterans Report. Until next time, I'm your host, Jim Cannon. You've been listening to The Veterans Report. Let others know about the show. You can find us online at theveteransreport.com. If you'd like to contact us, send an email to editor at theveteransreport.com. Join us again at the same time for up-to-date veterans news and information. The Veterans Report. Thank you for your service and carry on. The Veterans Report has been sponsored by James Cannon.